and welcome to Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. Hack Slash is a comic book series created by Tim Seeley. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Serena. And tonight we are covering the first miniseries of Hack Slash after four one-shots, The Land of Lost Toys. It's issues 1, 2, and 3. It was published November, December 2005 and January 2006. And issues one and two have one cover, and issue two has two covers. So normally on the Hackslash podcast, we only do like an issue at a time if it's published within that month, but we're actually going to do uh, all three issues of the miniseries at once this time, just to kind of move it out of the way, so that way we can get into uh, the meat of Hackslash coming up in uh, this summer with the Hackslash ongoing number one, as well as the upcoming Chucky episode that we're going to be doing, which is going to have a lot of coverage on it and tying into the upcoming remake of Child's Play, which Serena should be watching all of the Chucky movies. I'm working on it. You're working on it. You're working on it. I'm getting there. All right. And in anticipation of Land of Lost Toys, since we have a lot of 80s toy coverage, I, I have some appropriate music to play for this podcast. This, of course, is Skeletor's throne room music from He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is pre- featured prominently on the cover and in issue three. I can feel how excited you were to play that music just now. I am, I am. <laughs> but we'll get to the covers when we get through the uh, when we go through the issue. But let's go over the plot <laughs> synopsis right now. I'm going to cover half the plot synopsis, and then uh, Serena's going to cover the second half. Thanks to Greg for helping us with the plot synopsis as well. Land of Lost Toys begins with a cute and playful scene of a little girl playing. She comes across a herd of My Little Ponies when there is a sudden change in tone. The pony's appearance becomes more skeletal and demonic as they discuss feeding the little girl to a young pony. It was all a dream. In the real world, Cassie and Vlad are in the cemetery. It's Memorial Day and Cassie is lamenting about having to work. They are hunting down a slasher who comes back every Memorial Day. As they finish up the job, Cassie gets a call from Lisa, the vet we previously met and euthanized. Cut to Mount Healy, Ohio, where we are introduced to Jason, a toy toy collector still living at home in his parents' basement, who has a blog about the strange occurrences in town and has been chatting with Cassie online. Ooh la la, go Jason. Hot goth girls chatting with them online. I did that when I was in my 20s. I still do that now. Uh, But I was living at home in my 20s. I'm not afraid to admit. I mean, I just got mad at the... uh, gotten out of the service and I was 20 years 20 21 years old I met this lovely hot goth girl summer of love actually happened this time Aww. <laughs> it turns out that Lisa also has a blog about her slasher encounter and passed Jason's info along to Cassie to check his story out Cassie and Vlad arrive at Jason's and he fills them in on what he's been working on nine kids have died in their sleep but Jason doesn't believe it's from any from any aneurysms yeah. like people have claimed he believes they're connected to the Gunthery murders. The Gunthery's were an embodiment of the American dream, but there was something off about their son, Ashley. He was a possessive child who, it is said, killed his cat's litter of kittens before they were preventing him from playing with her. This damaged his parents' marriage until one day Mr. Guthrie snapped. He bludgeoned one son and suffocated Ashley in his sleep. Mr. Guthrie later hung himself in his prison cell and his wife is in a mental institution. Cassie doesn't seem to get the connection, but Jason is sure that Mr. Guthrie is a sleepy slasher, or sleep slasher, kind of like Freddy. Cassie assures Jason she believes him, and he, uh, her and Vlad head to the local hotel. That night, Jason dreams he is a hero battling a bad guy when Ashley appears in his dream. Ashley tells him that he is there because they are his toys before slicing Jason in half. Jason's roommate, Chris, hears a scream and runs into his room to find Jason is dead. Cassie and Vlad arrive at the scene, and Chris informs them that Jason's last words were Ashley. Cassie decides to head to St. Luke's to speak up, Ashley's to, to speak to Ashley's mother, and leave Vlad to watch over Chris. After walking a bit, Chris asks about Vlad's childhood, while pondering how, despite having great childhoods, he and Jason still end up as fuckups. Vlad recounts how he, how he had been found in a trash can by a butcher when he was a baby. Vlad had had some sort of disease, and he was deformed. The butcher was a Czech immigrant with no family and liked to be alone. He raised Vlad while keeping him in the basement, caring for him as best he could. Vlad's only connection to the outside world was through magazines and comic books. 
Due to his disease, Vlad was constantly in pain, his arms and legs particularly, so the butcher had him start lifting heavy things to build up his muscle mass, which in turn helped straighten his twisted bones and he became very strong. The butcher also taught him how to cut meat to assist with his agility. One day, Vlad couldn't wake the butcher up. Alone, Vlad feared going outside because of the unknown as well as his fear that people would fear him. Eventually, he ran out of food and began hunting animals in the night for food. His mask not only hid his face, but also helped him breathe the dirty, thick air that was outside. Over time, he became known as the Meat Man and was blamed for multiple deaths. He met Cassie when she came to kill him, believing him to be a slasher. Upon realizing he wasn't, she offered to bring him along with her. They found the real slasher and killed him together, and the rest, as they say, is history. Back at St. Luke's, Mrs. Guthrie confirms that Ashley kills people in their dreams. He's the one that killed his brother, not Mr. Guthrie. Ashley smashed his little brother's head in with a toy truck and then went up to take a nap. Mrs. Guthrie smothered him with his teddy bear, and Mr. Guthrie took the fall. Somehow, Ashley didn't die. He haunted their dreams, driving his father to suicide and Mrs. Guthrie into the loony bin. Cassie surmises that the toys had to be the link and heads back to Jason's, where Chris is showing his toys to Vlad. She scoops up the toys and exits call a friend. Later, we see Lisa has joined Cassie, and the two are attempting to set up a trap for Ashley. Lisa has put Cassie to sleep via animal anesthesia and hopes she can force them with the toys. Cassie dreams she's in her underwear in class. She's attacked by a 20-foot stuffed bunny from her youth named Mr. Pink, who she kills with a giant carrot. Cassie falls through a chute and meets Ashley. Ashley orders two action figures to destroy Cassie, but she kills them. While Cassie's asleep, Vlad is having a hard time knowing she's alone. Chris comments that she's his world and she's all he's got. Cassie defeats the rest of the toys in the dream, which angers Ashley. Cassie in real life spits up blood. She's fighting Ashley and losing when a rift forms. Cassie rushes, rushes Ashley, both falling into the rift with Cassie proclaiming, Welcome to my nightmare. It's the nightmare Cassie has been having every night for years, reliving the day her mother came back. Ashley is in a rage when he is grabbed by a monstrous hand. It's Delilah's, Cassie's mom. She kills Ashley, nobody hurts her daughter, and then, kills, and then Cassie kills her, just like always. The next day, Mrs. Guthrie awakes without having drunk. Cassie and Vlad set off, and Lisa asks Chris if he'd like to take her out to breakfast. Over at the police station, an officer checks the sound in the basement. He's attacked by a rabid teddy bear bursting out of an old locker. And that's a wrap. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. Alright, so on to issue number one with the cur- with the cover, which you have on your digital... Omnibus. Omnibus, okay, I have the individual floppies. And on the cover we have Cassie in uh, sleepwear. Typical goth girl kind of sleepwear. Oh yeah, sure. Must be cold in that room too. <laughs> yeah, cold on the B cups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are B cups. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sitting above her on the left side of her head is a demented-looking He-Man. <laughs> yeah, like the Cheshire Cat, a fucking He-Man. <laughs> and then she's snuggling up to a Jason Voorhees figure that could be nobody else but Jason. Yeah, right. And then we got what looks like I don't know some type of baby, bald-headed baby, um, right? Uh, a polar bear with giant claws, a doll of some kind, and I'm assuming Pinocchio. Yeah, that's yeah. I would say that would be Pinocchio. Okay, so then that we right. the uh, first. I love by the way the le- the credits for the page uh, for the cover for the inside of the issue is uh, in pink. Yeah, I like that too. That's and cool. the credits are. The same almost, with the exception of the coloring, is changed uh, from one issue to the other. But the credits read, uh, Stim, uh, Stephen Caselli, Stefano Caselli Productions, writers Tim Seeley, artist Dave Crossland. Colors in issue one are Katie DeSousa. Colors in issue two are Rold Munoz. Letters by Steve Seeley. Uh, graphic design by Sean Dope. And then all of the Devil's Due Press uh, credits that we've gone over before. Roald? Ro- I cannot say that name. It's R O A. What is it? Roald? Does the coloring for the second issue, as- the third issue as well. Oh, gotcha. The cover is by Stefano Caselli. <laughs> I love that I scene. Hear, I can hear your He-Man music. I know. Isn't it great? I love the He-Man <laughs> But no, I really like the uh, credits page being in pink, because right off the bat, you open it up, and it's a little jarring, like, wait, what is this? This is Hack Flash. Yeah. Hack Flash is in pink. And then you got this cute little girl running around with butterflies, and then getting killed by uh, copyright Romco Toys 2005 Pretty Horses. 
Yes. My but, Little Pony. Those, yeah, those are My Little Ponies. My Little Pony. My Little Pony. That's oh all God. the My Little Pony song I'm going to play. I'm sorry. I'm not a big brony fan. Hater. Can't help it. And they kill this kid. Oh, my God. The young one. They needed to feed her. Oh, yeah, my good Lord. this is like one of the Lord. little pony things I've ever seen. I loved it. it they, they stomped the hell out of that little girl. Mm-hmm. It is terrifying what they do to her. Hey, man. The kid's got to eat. Apparently so. Then we switch over to Cassie and Vlad in the cemetery. I like the way that... uh, I, Okay, in some panels through through the issue i like how things are drawn and other times i think it just looks really really bad <laughs> i'm not afraid to say that yeah like this shot of cassie and vlad looks really good vlad's got really weird proportions on the bottom part of his body <laughs> yeah he looks a little bit like a goomba oh like from the super mario brother movies yeah the, mo- <laughs> the movie or the video game <laughs> the movie the movie yes Shut up, I liked it. Now, I'm looking up right now. So, by the way, there is, in 1999, a Memorial Day horror movie, which I have not seen. What is it called? Memorial Day. Oh, the, oh. Shit, I wouldn't know that. Could be anything. Uh, Rachel hasn't slept for a while. A few years back, her brother was mysteriously killed while she and a group of friends partied by the lakeside. Three years later, she and her friends... She and her friends must return to the same lake to finally put the nightmare to rest, to come to grips with what happened, to admit that it was just an accident. Someone is waiting for them. Someone knows the truth. Someone who wants revenge. As night descends on their Memorial Day getaway, each individual must face an unstoppable killing machine with a serious hatchet to bury. As the body count rises, Rachel must discover whose face lies behind the murderous mask. Is it just a stranger in the woods, or is it someone she already knows? This Memorial Day, the screaming doesn't stop until the body drops. I'm sorry, I thought you were reading the plot, so I know what you did last summer. Directed by Christopher Allendern, written by Marcus Grable, starring a whole lot of people. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping my roommate has this movie. Maybe I'll give it a watch. Uh, I had no idea that there was a Memorial Day movie, a horror movie. I didn't either. It was made in 1999. It didn't come out until 2005. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, we'll actually tell you something right there. Uh, the only person with an IMDb credit with their actual face on IMDb is this girl <laughs> named Erin Gallagher, and she's only been in two movies. So um, I will report back to you later if I happen to watch this uh, piece of travesty. <laughs> you watch that. I'll, I'll just take your word for it. So the person that they're trying to stop is a guy named is Sergeant Ryan Kramer, who's been dead since 1977. Yeah. Uh, he, but he was killed during a uh, World War II reenactment. Oh, my God. That's going to be the worst way to die. You didn't die in World War II. You died in a World War II reenactment. Right? You survived battle, just not the accident. When they blow up the graveyard, very Sam and Dean Winchester style, it's very cartoonish how one, two, three, four, the five panels are. It is, but it's very effective, like the storytelling in the panels. I love it. I like Vlad through the whole time, like his reaction. Right. All right, so we switch over to uh, Jason's house. Now, some of the toys that we can see lying about are what looks like a rendition of the Starship Enterprise, Han Solo, Darth Vader... A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I think Wolverine. There's a he guy on the floor. Not yeah, he, and he then uh, you look over at um, Chris when he's... I'm oh, sorry, Jason, when he says, what? It looks like Megatron right above his hand. It does. And R2-D2 in the bottom right-hand corner of that little panel. Right, and then two characters. I can't figure out what they are. I can't either. Well, the thing on the top of it is that... I think that's just a webcam. No, 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 no. There's a... Uh, like a, a red guy and a guy right above oh. R2-D2? Yeah, yeah right. That, that is a webcam. And then he's got a he guy. Yeah, the he guy is still in packaging. Of course. When Cassie and Vlad arrive, Cassie picks up his Homer Simpson underwear. <laughs> that was cute. I like how if, uh, in the previous panels, his friend Chris, if you notice, he's wearing mismatched socks and only one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. I love the mom, though. I love her outfit. <laughs> She's absolutely killing me in the purple tracksuit with the with the sweatband. Now, I wonder if there was something called 40OZ Comics on uh, Jason's shirt. I don't know, but that kind of looks like a Cyberman. Oh, from Doctor Who? A little bit. See, I read that as 40 ounce, and I'm just like... Jim Maho, my food. There is comics mm-hmm. called oh, that. Yeah, there is. Jim Maho. What did they publish? I don't know, but uh, the art style... I've seen this guy's art style. He began self-publishing comics, um, mini comic books... He, he's appeared in, like, Kevin Smith comics. 
that's the only thing I own of his, but uh, he, he's got he's got a unique style to him. The way you say that, out. very ominous. JimMaFood.com. That's where you can look him up his artwork. I don't know a lot about him, guys, so I'm just kind of like going based on like what I see. He, he's got a very cool uh, photo. What does he work on? Uh, Marijuana Man. Oh, he worked on Tank Girl, Miami Vice. Tank Girl comics. Some IDW stuff. Mad Magazine, the Sarah Silverman show. So he's definitely got some work. Again, I only know him for a couple, from a couple things. So, so when uh, Jason hands Vlad a toy, on the bottom of the floor, there's a Toy Fair magazine. Toy Fair was a wizard toy, uh, wizard magazine toy price guide. Oh, very cool. I don't think I noticed that. Uh, when Jason goes to bed, li- on the left-hand side of, right next to what looks like a Pez dispenser, that is clearly <laughs> supposed to be Snake Eyes of G.I. Joe. I would not have known that. Thank you. <laughs> But Tim Seeley was writing uh, G.I. Joe. Oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah. I forget this was that long ago. Yeah, so we're still in 2005 as of this issue. We're in 2005. By the end of the miniseries, we'll be in 2006. So he gets into a suit of armor and fights this red guy who's called... Uh, so he, the, so he's called the Knight Commando, and he's going to fight who? Terror Overlord. And then Terror Overlord is killed by Mechanicron, who is on the cover of issue two, which looks like Bumblebee and Optimus Prime together. Okay. See, all I could think of when I was reading this, again, with the big knife and the thing was guts. Then Ashley kills Chris in his sleep, kind of like a certain slasher would. And, uh, sorry, not Chris, kills Jason in his sleep while Chris is spanking it to porn magazine. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Slut. So creative. Is that what he's spanking it to? Yes. He comes in and asks for the uh, video earlier on. Oh, well, no. In the, in the panel, he has a copy of Guzzler, and he has got like, two condoms on his nightstand and a bunch of tissues by him. <laughs> a classy, so classy. There's a classy guy right there. I mean, uh, he, in the end, he does get Lisa, so... <laughs> Do you see the size of the bottle of lotion, though? That is like an economy-sized bottle. Hey, he is a lonely, single man living alone. He's all the lotion he can get to, you know, spank the monkey. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the cover of the magazine Guzzler, it looks like there's a little uh, something by her mouth. Uh, oh, wait. No, I didn't see that. Hold on. Let me take a deeper look at this. Uh, I see. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was guzzling something. All right. On to issue two. Then we'll go through the uh, we'll go through the ads and everything afterwards. So the cover of issue two at the top says, An amusingly dark sense of humor, brokenfrontier.com. I'm not familiar with brokenfrontier.com. Me neither. Me neither? <laughs> neither? Yeah, I actually don't have the covers for, like, the other issues. It's just all one complete story in here. They are a uh, geek news website. They're still running today. Oh! Last news Thanks. report was uh, from May 25th. So, yeah, they are pretty up-to-date. Very nice. They cover what seems to be a lot of independent comic books. So on the cover here with Cassie with the bat behind her head, this cover is done by Tim Seeley. We have Vlad behind her. We have the demented bunny. It looks like a Raggedy Ann doll. Somebody's hand reaching up towards Vlad. And then reaching out to Cassie is the Optimus Prime Bumblebee character I mentioned previously. Yeah. Oh, I have that one. Okay, it's in the back. Got it. And yeah, c- covers by Tim Seeley and Blonde. Yeah. I actually really like how Cassie looks on this cover. Oh, yeah. Drawn by her creator, she should look the best. Uh, very true, very true. Only problem is, if I look up Blonde Artist, it doesn't come up with anything for who this person <laughs> is, because Blonde Artist is very uh, <laughs> ambiguous. Just a little bit. I mean, there's Joan Blonde, but uh, I don't think that's... Uh, yeah, this is definitely not that person. Okay. So the first page has what looks to be like He-Man... That's what I thought. Gemstone He-Man, and he gets smashed to pieces as Jason's mother is crying into Chris's arms and very cartoony kind of tears that you'd see, like, in Pokemon or something. Why did I mention Pokemon? Gee, we'll get to that eventually. Uh, Cassie breaks her way into the Mental Institute, and Vlad decides to hang out with Chris, much to Chris's dismay. And then that's where he goes over his whole origin story. I think this whole... That whole page of panels was very, um, the bottom three. It reminded me a lot of Naruto. Naruto? Naruto? Yes. I don't know why that just didn't sound right in my mouth. But yeah, the way he's like stomping and then fine. I thought it was cute. And who is it that Cassie meets in the asylum? Mrs. Guthrie, Ashley's mother. Mm. Cassie decides that we need to stock up on uh, toys, and she's going to enter the dream world, so that way with the toys, she has some ammunition. Yeah. One thing I wanted to point out is you keep talking about how um, it reminds us of Freddy Krueger, the other sleep slasher, and Mm -hmm. you notice her tights resemble 
the green and red stripes. She wears a lot of green and red stripes through this whole series. She does, doesn't she? She does, and I love it because Freddy's my favorite. And then we see a bunch of toys on the floor. What looks like the Batmobile, what looks like a Ram Man, what looks like could be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Lisa shows up with the uh, the, the gas to put uh, put her out. Yeah, the animal gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, because she's a veterinarian. Just a little scary. But also, so this makes us realize that, like, her and Lisa have kept in contact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she keeps in contact with all of them, and we find out how connected they really are coming up in a certain crossover that yeah. we've mentioned before. What's what's sad is that there's one particular uh, toy in the shot that Devil's Due Press was publishing comic books for. This might remind you of it. Activate interlock. Dinotherms connected. Infracells up. Mega thrusters are go. Go, Voltron Force! Form feet and legs. Form, arms, and body. And all forms, the head. Voltron, who recently came back on Netflix after uh, being away for so many years to a very successful cartoon series, which they just recently ended. I didn't know it ended. Yep, Aww. after eight seasons, which they compacted into like three years, because we had yeah. like two seasons a year at some points, and they were just putting out seasons as soon as they had batches of episodes done, because if you look at the episode uh, numbering, the, uh, the amount of episodes per season, they're incredibly like offbeat and irregular per season. But oh, Vlad's playing with a, a Voltron toy, and I was kind of hoping for more Voltron, considering Devil's Due Press had the licensing to Voltron, but I wonder if we're only going to get the cameo of Snake Eyes and Voltron in those quick little panels, because they didn't want to like really overdo it with the other licenses that Devil's Due Press was publishing at the time. That is a good point. Something else I wanted to like point out that kind of like got me a little bit in the feely parts was in that <laughs> panel. In the shush, in the panel though, where like Vlad is playing Voltron, you see the look on his face, and I was thinking that like this might be the first time he's ever played with action figures, <laughs> and that's just so like I don't know. I have this feeling with Vlad, like I know he's like this huge tough guy, but at the same time it's like oh he's precious little baby. He didn't get a lot of that stuff. We should do this more often. Yes. Don't get too used to it. I just need the stuff on my mind when I go under. And what figure is Cassie holding? I'm not sure. I mean, what I what figure is she holding? Let's 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 think about that for a second. I can't I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I think I know that one. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the Dark Lord of the Sith himself. And he looks happy to see her. <laughs> but I think it's funny that she would be holding that toy. He's going to poke her eye out. Well, no, I'm just thinking of the fact that Vader has a tragic story of rising up as a Jedi oh, Knight. Oh, that is true. And then, you know, becoming the villain that would wipe out all the Jedi. That's true. No spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Revenge of the Sith or know the story <laughs> of Star Wars. Sorry the hell out of me. <laughs> I think you're okay. Gee, kind of reminds me of someone else's uh, rise to a being hero status only to fall miserably in burning fire of Westeros. <laughs> hey, man. I was okay with it. Uh, I was not. I, 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 uh, uh, I think I'm one of the only people that loved it. I was, like, rooting, jumping on my bed. I was so freaking excited. I her. Okay, so when she wakes up in the classroom with, like, being in her underwear, you know, that old, uh, you know, nightmare we've all had, notice how they draw... Okay, so the top panel where everyone's laughing, and then when she's trying <laughs> to escape, they still draw her nipples. <laughs> These little dots. <laughs> It's cold in the dream world. Apparently so. And then when she's fighting the bunny, we get the good butt shot of her as just before she fights the bunny over what looks like... I, I, I'm going to assume it's supposed to be like a video game or toy advertisements or maybe it's Monopoly before it switches to shoots and ladders. I think so. I'm sorry, but that was not a good butt shot. Her butt looks terrible in that shot. Correct. My girl. And then they her nipples get so girl. huge in these other panels. <laughs> they are. <laughs> 
like grab onto those things. Oh my terrible. god! Somebody was excited. When they Somebody was it. very excited. <laughs> and then the issue ends with her atop of what appears to be Castle Grayskull of Doom. Oh, that's what it does look like. Yeah. yeah. And then the on the the two guys, the guy with the ears. What the heck character is he supposed to be? Because I know you know who it is, and it's been driving me nuts. I don't I know. I mean, I don't know of any like, uh, uh, like big bunny toy character other than Bugs no. Bunny. No, not the bunny. The guys with the swords. Oh, next issue. Okay, we'll get there. Hold on. So oh. the be- the cover of issue two has somebody playing with toy versions of Cassie and Vlad. But that's not Ashley. Oh, I didn't know this. See, in the Omnibus, it's all just one issue. So oh. I know the issue starter. Okay, but you should have the covers in the back. Yeah, I do. It's just there, there's nothing in the issue to let me know, like, this is where this one ended and then the next one began. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this is who yeah. this person is, if you're really curious. Hold on. And the masters of the universe. Yes! I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer. And do you know who the other person is? No, I can't think of the name. All right, hold on. I'll help you really quick. By the way, this actor has been on my show before. Oh. <laughs> I've had all the best voice actors on my show. I've had Alan Oppenheimer on my show, who you might know as the voice of Skeletor from He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a great introduction for me, which has been lost to the annals of time or whatever, unfortunately. No. I, uh, where he's just like, you're listening to... The voice of her on Radio of Her. Oh, no. It's a Skeletor voice. That's so sad. You lost it, though. Uh, I'm such an idiot, yeah. But, yeah, so this is who the other guy is. Oh! That was Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats, played by Tom uh, Tom Kenny, yeah, uh, who has been on my show before, and he was the voice of Count Chocula in most of the Count Chocula commercials for the cereal. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I had no idea. So we open up with Lionel or um, Thunderguard versus uh, this. Uh, sorry, Lino, the the Lino imitation versus the He-Man imitation. <laughs> yes, the imitation. By the way, can we talk about the fact that his nipples are out? Like, his breastplate specifically does not cover his nipples. Right. And by the way, He-Man has a radiation symbol on his chest. I saw that. And Lino has a paw print just above his crotch. <laughs> his very heavy-looking crotch. Yes. I want to point out that this has never happened before. He-Man what? and the Masters of the Universe have never fought Lino and the Thundercats until the He-Man versus Thundercat, uh, Thundercats versus Masters of the Universe miniseries. Oh, very cool. Well, and, and in Hackslash, they're imitations fighting. Right, and I do believe... Let me look it up real quick. Do you know who happens to be writing and doing variant covers for Injustice Gods Among Us versus Masters of the Universe? No. Tim Seeley. Oh, of course. I probably should have just guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> this miniseries takes place um, in the Injustice video game series, by the way. Superman kills the Joker and becomes a tyrant of Earth himself. The reason he kills the Joker is the Joker makes Superman believe he is fighting Doomsday, when in fact he is murdering Lois Lane and his unborn child. Oh, I think I've heard of that storyline. And he breaks right into the prison and punches his fist through the Joker's chest. Yeah. Like, as you should have done a long time ago, Batman. True. But when we when we when we become like criminals, we become you know when we kill like criminals, we become like the criminals. Where oh whatever. Oh boo boo. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Back to the issue at hand. So Cassie is still running around in her underwear, something that both uh, He Man and Lino happen to see. (laughs) Yes, her underwear looks a little bit tinier than it did in the last issue. Yeah, in some shots it's like a G string, in other shots it's a full coverage, but she's got a little baby butt crack going on. So, and then she becomes like uh, evil. Yeah, and then her headdress, like, it reminds me of, like, a few different characters. I really like it. And she kills, um, He-Man, and then gets attacked by, uh, Pokemon. (laughs) 
a very generic looking Pokemon. Right? And Vlad has a flip out too while this is all happening, but she's having the time of her life killing all these Pokemon. Right? Like I don't like I don't get the sense that she feels distressed or anything this whole time that she's under. Did you see uh Pokemon Detective Pikachu? I did not. Did you know it's actually based on a video game? No, I had no, Okay, see, I wasn't into like Pokemon and all of that, so I had no idea where this whole Detective Pikachu thing even came from. It's an really actual video game, it. and apparently the plot line from the movie is is incredibly similar to the game. Like it's Oh. They they literally made like the perfect translation of a video game into a movie. Oh, like I was going to check it out once it, you know, comes out on digital or something. So then after she's done killing the Pokemon, she's attacked by the zombie Ashley. Yes. In some really ridiculous kind of fight scenes, but man, does she get her ass whooped. She does. And then when she, like, on the small page, there's a little inset. Do you think Ashley looks like evil Ernie in that, or is it just me? Uh, a little bit. Right? Okay. Is that the end of that first issue, or the third Well, right after she, uh, her, the lunch lady kills Ashley, and then she kills the lunch lady again, which is, like, her worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then, of course, Ashley's mom, I am assuming, gets out of that mental institute. I would assume so. I mean, they really just say that she wakes up and she didn't have any dreams. Chris's classy mood of asking out Lisa, you know, and then she accepting it afterwards is, I guess, pretty smooth. I think so. Smoother than I've ever gotten with a lady lately. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like she flat out denied him. They were interrupted by Cassie waking up. And what the hell is this thing that attacks the police officer at the end? I don't know. It looks like a rabbit teddy bear to me. Okay, but th- does, that, does that come back at all? I don't remember. I think that was just one of those, like, dun-dun-dun, end of the oh, okay. things. All right, so going through the issues ads real quick, um... We got, we have an ad for uh, Ranger Omega Games. The classic Solitaire War Game returns. Sure. Sure. I know what Solitaire is, but I didn't know what Ranger was. I have no idea. R.A. Salvatore's Forgotten Realms. Do you know who R.A. Salvatore is? No, but that sounds familiar. Like, I should know. Massachusetts fantasy writer known for Forgotten Realms, among other things. He wrote a little book called Star Wars, The New Jedi Order Vector Prime years ago. He was infamous among Star Wars fans for killing Chewbacca. Oh. Yes. And yeah. Chewbacca was dead in the Expanded Universe until Disney's uh, buyout of Star Wars. Oh. I had no idea. So See, until The Force Awakens like came that. out, Chewie was dead. And in um, other news, we, of course, lost the real Chewbacca uh, a few weeks ago. Peter Mayhew passed away. I know. That's terribly sad. Yeah. Um, let's see. Then we have an ad for Purgatory. Former slave girl Sakara completes her tale to a mysterious stranger. I heard this was like interview with the vampire but set in a chaos universe. Ooh. Yeah, but with a half naked Egyptian vampire lesbian. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Even better. All right, by the way, so we get the first ever letters a hack, letter hacks. The hack slash letter page. Write to Mr. Hoppy at devilsdo.net. We're not going to read these, but uh, they're here. <laughs> Some podcast. If you're interested. I mean, yeah, it just just in case you're interested, there is this is the first issue to do a letter page. Uh, there are some podcasts that cover comic books that do like go over the letters. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, unless there's something that really stands out to me. Yeah, no offense, just, just uh, we got other stuff to cover. I have this cute little comic strip in the back called Grim Reaper. Is that reprinted in the trade? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's a uh, just a cute little Grim Reaper comic strip. And then we have a hack slash pinup by Josh Howard with Cassie in uh, tank top and panties wielding a chainsaw. As usual. Mm, I love <laughs> Josh Howard's artwork. It's very sexy. Uh, and then we have uh, Devil's Due Press sneak peek of Black Harvest, a uh, comic book series about UFOs with Josh Howard's, Howard's uh, artwork. It's very cool about a girl who's found on the side of the road after escaping an experiment. Very cool. Yeah, and then the back of issue one has the cover to issue two, and then issue two we have uh, scotos.net fantasy online role-playing game. Okay, that's all you need to know. Then we have another uh, R.A. Salvatore's Forgotten Realms Sojourn, issue number one, with, I'm going to assume, inks by Tim Seeley because he's listed as the third credit. Salvatore is the first, Dab is the second, which would be the artist, because Salvatore is the writer, and then Seeley is the third one, so maybe he is the uh, inker. But I never read this. I never read Forgotten Realms, so 
You could always ask him about it. Then we have another little Grim Reaper comic strip. Uh, just the Grim Reaper family. It's kind of cute. You should send me pictures of those because they sound super cute. Yeah, I will. I'm uh, a little bit jealous that like I don't have these. Yeah, why don't we post them on Twitter tomorrow too? Yeah. For everyone celebrating Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to all of our veterans. I concur. Thank you to, for everything you do. Uh, my tenure in the Army was not that long to get veteran status. I was in there for... I didn't make my 180 days. I got out of boot camp and then I got injured. God damn you. Yeah. That sucks. Then we got a pinup by Karen Whalen and Zach Howard. It looks to be Cassie and Vlad in a bubble bath with Norman Bates coming after them. Very cute. <laughs> then we have a pinup. Pinups, by the way, you tear out of your comic book and you paste on your wall, because that's what I'm not going to do. <laughs> As I say, no, you don't. You leave them in there. Pinup by Andrew Barr from something, something, a gogo.com. Very cool, cartoony. Vlad and Cassie. Cassie with an inch that's probably as thick as a piece of paper. <laughs> Another ad for Josh Howard's Black Harvest. Unusual behavior, strange circumstances, investigations, and secrets. And then we have an ad for Sakura Pack. And then we have an ad for The Rise of the Red Shadows uh, trade paperback, collecting the two issues that killed off Lady J with a five-page funeral for the fan-favorite Lady J. This was a big deal. When they killed off Lady J, people were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big G.I. Joe character that's been around for a long time. She's also the wife of Flint, uh, another G.I. Joe character. Then we get an ad for G.I. Joe's America Elite, issue number seven. And then we have an ad for Killer 7, the comic book, based on the Capcom video game. Did you ever play that? No, I did not. You have seven different killers uh, in the game that you have to, uh, like, fight against. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I could survive, like, one. So, yeah, no, not for me. Then we have an ad for March 2006 with the G.I. Joe banner logo with the Autobot symbol over it. So this is another G.I. Joe Transformer crossover. Those seem to be popular. With the ad on the back for the third issue says the cult hit one shot graduates into a full color miniseries. Seely just gets better with each new story. He is flirting with perfection. The comic fantatic.com. Hey, I have a question. What? So like, wait. G.I. Joe and Transformers. They cross over, right? So Marvel Comics, Devil's Do Press, IDW, Dreamwave, uh, all had various licensing point at points to Transformers and G.I. Joe. They did crossovers in their own universes or in the main continuity, and then IDW did a huge Hasbro toy, bo- you know, boys toy crossover event and cultivated it with the end of their entire Hasbro universe in Unicron, where Unicron destroys Cybertron. But there was like, you know, G.I. Joes were teaming up with Decepticons and Transformers and Autobots, and it was like a... It, it came kind of a mess to, to, to cover, but uh, yeah. in in the end, um, I don't know if we're going to have another one for a while, but they either take place in their own universes or they take place in a, a single join universe. Long story gotcha. short, answer question. So uh, is it- is Hackslash the only, like, horror comic that Devils Do put out? No, they had the Chaos books. They put out Evil Ernie, Purgatory, plus others. Oh, well, that's true. Black Harvest oh, was kind of a horror sci-fi book. Yeah. Well, I mean, just their ads are never in the back when we do this. Monkey Pharmacy's vision of madness and the apocalypse moves to Devils Do. Eisenor? I don't know what this is. It's got a picture <laughs> of a rat on it. It's an ad for issue four. But we haven't had ads for issues one, two, and three in previous Hackslash comics, so that's kind of a weird place for an ad. We have the Killer7 yeah. comic book from Capcom again. Oh, okay. So in the middle of the comic book, we have this science fiction book club little pamphlet that you could order up to five books for a dollar. Did you ever do that? No. They were like various books that you could buy and then you would have to... It, it, it's a, it's a, like a CD subscription kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into what the books are in it, but that's what's in there. Uh, we have another ad for Black Harvest. We have another ad for Transformers vs. G.I. Joe, The Art of War. Uh, this was the uh, third... Cool. This is the third G.I. Joe Transformer crossover by Devil's Due Press. In this G.I. Joe Transformer universe, the, the Cobra, the terrorist organization Cobra, finds the down ship of the Transformers and takes all the Transformers and turns them into Cobra vehicles. Ooh. Yes, so different continuity. The fourth series of this has Unicron showing up and making a deal with Cobra Law, who is the origins of Cobra. The long story not even worth getting into. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have another Grim Reaper little cute cutesy ad. I will definitely send you pictures of these. We have another letter page. Uh, hello and welcome to the last issue of Hackslash Land of Lost Toys. Hope you enjoyed our little miniseries. Big thanks to Dave Crossland for kicking much hander. Also a major thanks to B cover model Lee. She's one of the world's cutest cam girls. Do you want to look her up? Because I didn't go over that cover. I thought that would be your whole deal. Hackslash pinup up by Anna Rigby. Then we have a uh, uh, G.I. Joe's America Elite number 8. We have a picture of Optimus Prime pointing at you. We have another ad for Ari Salvatore's Sojourn. And then we have, we're here to Devil's Due Press want to thank you, the readers, and has signed by various people like Tim Seeley and Josh Blaylock. There's a big thank you. And Crank as well for by being a Devil's Due Press reader. And then on the back, we have the uh, Hackslash trailers, uh, three covers, six stories. Uh, which will be our next episode. Which I actually have an issue of trailers I just recently got. Cool. Uh, what Yay. did you find on Lee for that cover? What was her first name? I need you to spell it. L-I. Oh. Yeah, she's basically holding a teddy bear with her um, panty-covered butt to us in as Cassie. Yeah, I know that cover. Yeah, of course uh... you do. <laughs> Shush. Okay, what's her name again? Talk. Oh, real quick, also, we should go over what... Toys appeared in these comics, just in case okay. we missed any. Tell me the girl's name so I can look it up while we do that. Lee, L-I. Well, there's nothing else? That doesn't That's it. Come up Madonna with... doesn't have a last name. There... <laughs> Are you comparing Madonna to a cam girl? Okay. Hey, listen, don't get smart with me. Because <laughs> this isn't really coming I'll up. I'll send Ashley anything. after you while you sleep tonight. <laughs> I mean, I've got a whole bunch of uh, other cam girls, but I can't. I can't come up with her specifically. I can't find her. I've looked for cam girl, hack slash cam girl. You model, have failed model. this city. I know. Should be used to it by now. Look up Asian cam girl Lee. You look up Asian oh, cam girl Lee. <laughs> See how many hits you get off that one. Oh, Bankbank.com? <laughs> I can't find the specific girl, though. I mean, in the, like you would think there would be some kind of photo credit. Well, I guess there is her name, but... We're going to have to ask him. Because I can't find her. Some of the toys that appeared in here were He-Man, Voltron, the Thundercats, Transformers, Pokemon, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Shoots and Ladders. I had all of these toys except for My Little Pony at one point. I think there was a Raggedy Ann doll I think we saw at one point as well, which is funny considering the Raggedy Ann doll is the Annabelle doll. In real life? Yeah. Um, I had He-Man toys. I had Voltron toys. I just sold my entire Transformer collection. I had Transformers Generation 1, Beast Wars, Beast Machine, the toy, the, the movie toys. I had hundreds of Transformers, and I, I just woke up one day, and I was, I was done. I kept a few, but, man, if you saw my Transformer collection, it was massive. I and had, I had My Little Ponies, like a gajillion My Little Ponies. I had Voltron. I love the new Voltron cartoon. I love the classic Voltron cartoon. Yeah. Actually, um, fun little story. One of my very first memories of my dad is of, I had the chicken pox and I was sitting on the floor in our living room and he had never had the chicken pox. And I just remember him like running into the living room, dropping an armful of my little ponies and like running back out. And that's one of my very first, very clear memories of my dad. Oh. Yeah. I um was you know, getting a little too old for Pokemon at one point, and I started watching the cartoon because I was really into it, but I never mm -hmm. played the game except for when I played it with my brother, now I play it with my son. Uh, I played Pokemon Stadium a lot. Pokemon Red and Blue, my brother beat and found every Pokemon in those games, and we had Pokemon, he had Pokemon Stadium on Nintendo 64, and that game was the bomb. You could load in your Game Boy cartridges into it and play, like, Mortal Kombat-style Pokemon. Oh, nice. See, I never really got into, you know, Pokemon and all that, but I was all about the Ninja Turtles and the game on the Super Nintendo and watching the cartoons and the movies and oh and I was a Ninja Turtle for like Halloween the year before last. He-Man franchise was just covered in a huge He-Man documentary uh, Masters of the Universe the story of He-Man it's mm -hmm. on it was on Blu-ray through a Kickstarter uh, but you can um, watch the toys that made us on Netflix that covers a lot about He-Man. But this documentary went into much more detail about the creation of He-Man, as well as interviewing a lot of the people who worked on the cartoon, the voice actors, the people who worked on the comic book, and the actors from the movie, like Franklin Gigella, who played Skeletor, and Dolph Lundgren, who played He-Man. Very cool. Yeah. They're, I guess they're, they got the new He-Man cast for the upcoming movie. 
But uh, you could also check out a great website, uh, sorry, YouTube channel series called Toy Galaxy for a lot of like great toy reviews. We're not a toy review show, so we're not going to go into massive amount of information about these toys because there's just so many toys to cover. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. Thundercats. I didn't have the toys, but I did always watch the cartoon. Um, I did too. I have read the various comic books over the year. I did like the 2011 cartoon series, but it got canceled after one season, unfortunately. Uh, they tried to make it very anime-like, but they failed. There's a new cartoon, a Thundercats cartoon series coming called Thundercats Roar, and man, did it tear down the internet when people saw the first images of this Thundercats cartoon. It looks like crap. It's all cutesy... They're all, like, squishy, chubby animation characters, you know what I mean? Which is worse, that or the new Sonic? That, the new Sonic, and Teen Titans Go. Oh. I like Teen Titans Go. You are done with this show. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, I think the reason why I like Teen Titans Go is because I didn't know about Teen Titans before that. Because that's I'm a little bit too old for, like, the Teen Titans. It's just not my thing. So my introduction to Teen Titans was in Teen Titans Go. When I look at it and then I look at the old Teen Titans, I get it. I understand why people are like, what the hell did y'all do? You know what must be done, Lord Vader. Shame. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, yeah. shaming. And uh, there's Star Wars figures, of course. Shoots and Ladders. I played Shoots and Ladders. I don't think I ever played it with my son. There's... I have Shoots and Ladders, and I haven't played it with my son. You are bad. I know, I'm terrible. Terrible. Never played Shoots and Ladders with him. Instead, he just plays on his iPad. Oh, my so God. <laughs> what the hell? There's an episode of Parks and Rec or whatever where Ron takes um, the Indian guy. Um, is that Zip? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. You ever seen Parks and Rec? Aziz? Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember his character's name, but he takes his, like, iPhone away from him or whatever and has him come out to his cabin to, like, enjoy life or whatever. And he, like, runs away to a Best Buy to buy an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, okay, he's not that bad. Okay, so movies that I can think of, obviously The Nightmare on Elm Street, it's pretty obvious, the dream thing, I mean, that goes without saying. But Killer Toys, God, how many Killer Toy movies are there out there? I mean, we talked about Memorial Day a little bit, but, uh, and we're not talking about doll movies, we'll get there in a couple weeks, guys, we got doll movies coming out of our ears, coming out very soon. But uh, there are, there's like, there's a franchise called Killer Toys, it's by Charles Band. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a whole franchise on just toys. Yeah, there's Puppet Masters, Killer Toys, just did like a crossover. Oh, okay, yeah. But Puppet Masters are still dolls that would fall in line with Chucky. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Oh, like, what, really, when it comes to, like, toys, and you were like, I'm like, yeah, Killer Toys, and you're like, not dolls, and I'm like, shit. Yeah, nope, sorry. <laughs> demonically possessed, uh, demo- demonically possessed killer but Annabelle also is in line with Chucky, so we're not going to get into that. You know, Krampus had, like, killer toys in it, but Goosebumps has, like, Slappy, but that's more of a doll. doll. Puppet Master, they... more of a doll. Well, demonic Toys, known. that's the name. Okay, Demonic Toys. I said Killer Toys. I'm sorry. I meant Demonic Toys. Okay, I was about to say, how, cause I was just thinking, like, how could a toy that's not a doll kill somebody? Well, the name of the movie is Demonic Toys, and there's, like, a few sequels. Uh, again, it's by Charles Band's Full Moon Entertainment, and they're responsible for, um, like, the Puppet Master movies they're mostly known for. Mm-hmm. I liked Puppet Master. You can find them on Full Moon's website. Full Moon has, like, a whole streaming service so you can, like, stream a lot of their movies. They're hit or miss sometimes. I don't think they're all terrible. They flooded the market in the 90s with these, like, cheap-made overseas horror movies. Like, you know. Yeah. And, and if you know anything about Charles Band or whatever, his he, he's legendary for, you know, pumping them films out. Parasite, Malastorm, Hideous, The Creeps, uh... Trancers, uh, Crash, Dollman vs. Demonic Toys, Dr. Mordred, Prehysteria, which is a kid's movie, by the way. <laughs> what? Yep. Evil Bong, Evil Bong 2, Killer Eye, <laughs> Evil Bong 3D, Gingerbread, Ginger Dead Man. These are some of the no. movies by Charles Band, who made the uh, Puppet Master and the Killer uh, Demonic Toy movies. Yeah. I like that the Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys, the tagline is Rumble in the Toy Box. Did you ever see the uh, movie? I think it was called Toy. Uh, was it Toy Small Soldiers? It was like. Yes. The, do you know who directed that? No. Joe Dante, yeah. director of Gremlins. I had no idea. See, I don't know these things. You should know that by now. <laughs> How the the monster toys were the good guys and the soldier toys were the bad guys. Yeah. Kind of like a uh, Nightbreed in a way. A little bit. So that is pretty much it for this episode of Goth Girl Horror. I didn't have any more notes about the about the issues unless you did. No, I don't. 
Sweet. I do not. This one is pretty straightforward. Definitely. And we'll be back in two weeks with a single issue, multiple parts to the single issue. We have six stories to cover in one issue. That's going to be fun. Yeah, but I think we'll do just like a quick couple sentences per story. You know what I mean? We don't need to go through every beat in the story and just be like, okay, this one is about this. This one is about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, plus they're super short, so. And then weeks, and then uh, about a month from now, we're gonna have a guest on the show for our Chucky episode. Cool. Who's the guest? Super cool from Twitter. Oh, yay! I'm excited. You can find us at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter and at Chris D S A V. I'm Mad But Magic. And don't forget, please leave a rating for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and you can also join us on Patreon if you wish. Send us an email thatradiohorror at gmail dot com. Thank yeah. you, everybody. Thanks. Enjoy this collage of 80s toy music at the end of the episode. Defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe.